Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. I'm calling you today from my living room. Oh, good. Why is that? Not my wonderful <laughs> studio that I've spent so much time setting up, because last week I told you that I, you know, got a PC to run the studio. Yes. So I turn it on, and, you know, there's usually Windows updates that come out of those things, usually oh, immediately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Could could take quite some time if, uh, if it's a machine that's been sitting in a back room somewhere for a while before you bought it. 16 hours. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> 16 hours. Oh, mm-hmm. multiple, multiple reboots and downloads and start all over again. It's like, yeah, many yep. crispy. I don't think this machine is that old. And man, you know, the picture just doesn't do it justice on, on Amazon. It is so much uglier in person. Oh, is it really? Oh, it's hideous. Yeah, that was a fantastically bad looking machine. So send, send me a photo of that. We'll put that up on our Grumpy Old Geeks Instagram this week. You don't really get the majesty of it <laughs> until you see all the rainbow lights on the front. Yeah. It has rainbow lights on the front. That's it's an ugly machine. Stuff. It's a very ugly machine. It's, it's, a, it's a gamer's republic machine. It's meant for gaming. But right. unfortunately for that, I've had to use my downstairs uh, iMac to actually talk to you today. So if I sound a little echoey, I apologize. And if you hear cars and everybody else outside, that's the reason. There you go. And a little follow up on my uh, my Twitter followers. Yes. Every day coming in the morning, there'll be like, say, 3,700. Mm-hmm. By the evening, there's 2,400. By the time I go to bed, there's maybe 3,000. And right. then I come back today and it's like 2,300. And then it's just, it's it's schizophrenic. It's what it's it not, is. It, it, it's a battle, right? It's at least we know Twitter's doing something because it's the battle of the uh, the bot followers versus let's delete those accounts. So. But I'm only getting like five new followers a day. So right. why is it fluctuating so much? Ah, uh, who knows? But Twitter is whatever. <laughs> I know, but I mean, we've I've had to use it pretty heavily with the new Jordan Harbinger show. At least getting the word out as best I can. Right. Which brings me to something else. When I ask you for a retweet and I say, please, can you give us a retweet? don't like it instead yes that's just uh, uh, it makes me want to slam my head against well i'm like either do nothing or do what i asked (laughs) i mean that's all i really care about (laughs) and i I need a retweet help on this on this issue to get the word out and if you don't want to retweet it don't like it because that does nothing that's true it does nothing literally does well it does one thing pisses me off so (laughs) i guess it does have some value if you give it a heart I do not heart it. Hmm. And don't give Jason any hearts. No hearts for me. Uh, I was listening to NPR because yeah. there was sports on my one station and they were playing like Kid Rock on another station. I just like, ah, OK, let's listen to some NPR because I was stuck in the car. Now, you know, we ask for your dollar a month Patreon subscription. Yes, we do. A lot because we need mm-hmm. it. You know? Yes. <laughs> I have. I am barely employed, have no insurance and have, have a family that, to support. So, and Brian has, you know, a, a an actual child, family, a child, an actual family. Hey, kiss my ass. <laughs> hey, both, both of our kids shit on the floor. So you're no better than I am. Uh, that is true. I was doing some wiping up yesterday. Now, uh, on this NPR thing, they ask NPR listeners, literally, if you're going to die soon, why don't you think about adding NPR to your will and give us the last gift you can give well. us to help keep us on the air? 
You gotta say, at least they're aware of their target demo. That's true, but I mean, I almost drove off the road when I heard that. I'm like, I'm gonna be dead. Fuck your radio station. I don't care. Did they really ask that? I can't believe that. I 1000% guarantee it. That's amazing. All right. Yeah. (laughs) No, I didn't. Trust me. It would be much funnier if I I made it up, but that is an Mm. actual thing that I heard on WBEZ here in Chicago. Well, unlike NPR, we would like your money now, and we'd like you to stick around and keep on living and listening. Yep. And uh, since I did use some of that money that you have given us to send off the DNA sample for little Dino. Money well spent. Right, Jason? <laughs> Man, I thought I thought 23 and Me was bad. If only there had been some podcast <laughs> that had talked about how horrible these things are and how useless they are. If only you had listened to your own show, Jason. <laughs> well, well, why would I do that? Too busy talking. Yep. I don't know what he is, but he's got the coloring and... Temperament of a Rottweiler Doberman mix. Mm-hmm. And according to the the people, I think it's Wonder Panel or whatever it's called. I'll, I'll figure it out. It'll be a link in the show notes. But um, they came back as 25% Cocker Spaniel, 12.5% mm-hmm. Beagle, mm-hmm. 12.5% Labrador Retriever, and 50% 5-0 mixed breed groups. So you're saying that's not right? Uh, no, not even close. So I called them. I actually called them and... They're like, well, you know, Cocker Spaniels do sometimes have that brown and black coloring, so that could be it. And I was just, I mean, I was cracking up on the phone because it, it's such a, you know, a bullshit script that they're reading from. Oh, yeah. Duh. To, to just not give me my money back. And they've, they've, you know, finally, they offered a partial refund, not a full refund, only a partial refund. They didn't say how much, but they said if I would send them two pictures of the dog, they will send it to their, their scientific team mm. for a reevaluation. But I, I give them credit because when I hung up the phone, I was just like, okay, I'm not getting anything. And then they followed up on with email immediately saying that, you know, we're, we we got the feeling you weren't very satisfied with our customer support <laughs> at the end of this. I'm like, what tipped you off? Um, so I sent in the two pictures and they immediately wrote back, say, oh, what a cute dog, blah, blah, blah. But now they have a picture of him, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Can't really do a blind trial when you can look at him and see that he basically is a Rottweiler or a Doberman. Right. What they're going to do is they're going to tweak the randomization algorithm, I'm sure, or <laughs> or go and find somebody who actually has a, you know, a Rottweiler Doberman and, and come back because, uh, yeah, now they can cheat, which I, I really don't like that they do that. But for 75 bucks, it's pretty funny because I got to tell everybody around town that he's a Cocker Spaniel now. <laughs> I'm like, it's a pretty handsome Cocker Spaniel, don't you think? Right. And uh, it turns out a lot of people do the doggy DNA. A lot of people. Of course they And uh, no one has gotten a result that even comes close to matching their dog. Right. So, Brian. Yes. What do you say we go into the doggy DNA business? Because uh, I bet we can write a better randomizer. Yeah, you don't actually. Why even bother with that? We'll just have five different things and we'll send them out to randomly to people. We don't need a randomizer. I That's mean, true. <laughs> this is complete and utter crap, right? Like, it's uh, just totally wrong. It's amazing. Absolutely wrong. And in, in under the mixed breed groups, you can dive in and click on the different breeds. Mm-hmm. And under Rottweiler and Doberman, it says 0% chance that he has any of that in him. Right. 0%. So, 0%. <laughs> Zero. And I'm like, yeah. maybe you guys, you know, swap the samples with maybe, I don't know, a Cocker Spaniel Beagle Labrador mix and not right. my dog. And they're like, no, no, the, the samples were, you know, they were handled correctly. So mm-hmm. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? 
They're all a load of crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got some follow-up on Bird. Bird is the scooter system that is currently only operating in the city of Santa Monica, where I live. Uh, but sure to come somewhere uh, near you soon, I'm sure, because uh, they got an awful lot of funding recently. Uh, it's app-based. It's basically the Uber for, for scooters. Uh, unfortunately, it also, you know, they basically just flout laws left, right, and center and don't take any responsibility for that because it is a motor vehicle you do have to follow a number of laws such as wearing a helmet and uh all these other and having a license and being old enough and you know not drinking uh, and driving not drinking and driving and you're supposed to park them responsibly not just dump them off in front of people's uh, doors or or businesses or in the middle of the damn sidewalk so i have to push it out of the way so i can get my stroller through with my kid all that sort of stuff and uh, they were also operating without a business license here in santa monica even though they said that they did uh they have uh, made a plea deal because the city was suing them, so they're paying three hundred thousand dollars to the city plus another six thousand dollars in administration administrative citation fines. They have to run a week long public safety education campaign here. Uh, they have pled no contest uh, to an infraction and paid an additional criminal fines of up to two hundred dollars plus statutory penalty assessments for all these various other things. And uh, basically, they're they've kind of done a mea culpa, sort of, because they were forced to. And uh, it will change absolutely nothing because the city of Santa Monica will still continue to ticket everyone because people will still continue to use them illegally. In fact, just this morning as I was taking my bike ride, two of them uh, ran kitty corner across a busy intersection making two cars stop. Uh, It's just insane. So uh, it's it is. I don't know why bird pisses me off so much, probably because it's a microcosm. It is it is Uber in embryonic form right in my hometown. And I'm just watching Mm-hmm. people not not give a shit flout laws and get away with it and not only just get away with it get away with it and become like a million dollar company soon to be a billion dollar company and it is so frustrating watching it happen <laughs> uh yeah you, you know mr vendor zanden the ceo actually used to yes. work at uber and lyft so yeah of course he did so that's yeah. where he, that's where he's got his playbook from uh yep. can you can you just buy a lot of marbles and start throwing them in the street <laughs> i i well you know it's I I don't I understand why people use them. I get it. it it's convenient. It's quick. It's easy. It's dirt cheap. Uh, it's kind of fun. So mm-hmm. I, I don't blame the people. Uh, I blame the company because the company has just kind of said, well, you know, we're not going to hold any responsibility for this. Yeah, you're on your own. You should follow the laws. No, that's not really how it works. It's not how it's supposed to work, anyways. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just, I'm pissed. We, we all know why. <laughs> You're pissed. I'm pissed. Everybody's pissed. It all happened again. I, it's really hard for me to give a shit about any tech bro news. I just, I'm pissed. The shootings, it's enough. We're going to talk about it a little bit, but not too much. All I have to say is I remember when I was a kid, I did duck and cover drills because nuclear annihilation seemed rather plausible. And I'd give anything for my kid to have to deal with that instead of active shooter drills, which is what kids are doing in schools now. Fuck it. Let's go to the news. In the news. Now, we're going to start off the shooting with a bit of tech news. Because, turns out, the Florida gunman took an Uber to his mass shooting. Yes, you heard that right. (laughs) He took a fucking Uber to his mass shooting. Now, everybody's talking about, if you see something, say something. Now, you think a kid with an AR-15 in the back of your Uber... Going, getting dropped off at a school might be a red flag. Just a little <laughs> one. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I mean, I know it's Florida. It, you know, strange things happen in Florida. 
all the damn time. But that seems like like a little red flag. Uber has confirmed this, that the, the kid did take an Uber and they are working with law enforcement now. I want to hear what this driver has to say at some point. They're withholding his name or her name. Right. You know, hopefully they're withholding it while that person leaves the country because that's where they should be headed to the Philippines now. Vox had an article out uh, titled, After Sandy Hook, we said never again, and then we let 1,607 mass shootings happen. Uh, I put this in here because they've made a map from the Gun Violence Archive, which is a database that tracks uh, events mm-hmm. since 2013. And it's an interesting uh, look at what's going on, because everybody's talking about this now, and everybody should be talking about this now. Yeah, yeah. Not I waiting. Mean, it's... Like Not they always do. <laughs> yeah. So angry. Yep. 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 And it, it did just as a rerun, unfortunately. <laughs> Every time there's a mass shooting, let's pull out the onion. Uh, no way to prevent this, says only nation where this regularly happens. Yep. 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 That's got to be one of the most reposted onion articles of all time. And that's kind of sad, isn't it? They've got a couple of them. Like, you know, seriously, again, I think is one of them. Uh, they've got. Pretty much every day after a shooting, they come out with one of these, but I think this is a pretty good older one. Uh, Anyway, and there have been a lot of things been said in the news Mm -hmm. about uh, 18 school shootings so far in 2018, which is completely wrong uh, because it turns out every town, which is a gun safety nonprofit, likes to kind of stretch the truth about what is a school shooting. You know, some guy's trying to blow his head off in the parking lot of a closed school like had been closed for months yeah. is not a mass shooting and it is no. not a school shooting. Thank you. Thank you to the, for the Washington post for this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I fell victim to this as well. Well, victim. I mean, I, I posted the same stat when it first came out because it seemed, you know, it seemed to be backed up and it seemed to be, you know, vetted and it's not, and we don't need this. We don't need fake news on, on either side. We don't need, we don't need the, the muddies, the muddies, the water getting muddied uh, with, with this kind of stuff. Let's just go with the straight facts. They're bad enough. We don't need to exaggerate them at all. Um, yeah. It's, it's horrible the way it is. And when you come out with this, you're, you're giving ammunition to the people who want to, to fight against this and say, uh, you know, we don't really have a problem. When we do. We, we very much do. Um, let's see. I've got some stats that, that are right. We've had uh, 150,000 U.S. students have experienced a school shooting, meaning, you know, there were that many people in these schools that have had them. Uh, the U.S. has by far the highest number of guns in the world. According to a 2007 estimate, the number of civilian owned firearms in the U.S. was 88.8 guns per 100 people, meaning there was almost one privately owned gun per American and more than one per American adult. The world's second ranking ranked country was Yemen, a quasi-failed state torn by civil war, where there are only 54.8 guns per 100 people. So we have a gun problem. America has nearly six times the gun homicide rate of Canada, more than seven times that of Sweden, and nearly 16 times that of Germany, according to United Nations data compiled by The Guardian. So to everybody that says, if we get rid of the guns, they'll just drive cars into schools. And, uh, no, we, we, we have too many guns. It's it's okay, and we can have a multi-pronged approach. Nobody is saying that we can't. I'm just saying we should do something. Yeah, and, uh, I would, I, J- I, I, I'm <laughs> coming down more and more on the side of just get rid of all of them, but that's a lot of guns to get rid of. That's the problem. It is, and, and the argument is that's nearly impossible, and I understand that, but that doesn't mean do nothing. Uh, we have a specific gun that has been used in almost every single one of these school shootings. Sure, yeah. if we ban that, then they may go and use it different type of gun but let's go ahead and try it how about that 
How about, yeah. how about we go ahead and ban it, and then if another gun comes along and starts being used in a bunch of school shootings, then we ban that one too. Yeah. I, I don't understand doing nothing. You and I were programmers by trade before we became non-paid podcasters. Yeah. Uh, we, made a li- we made a living programming. When something that we were building broke, we didn't just stare at it until the huge fix came into our mind. We made incremental fixes. As we went along, that's how you do things. That's how you get to a destination. That's how you build something. You don't sit there and wait for the perfect solution. You tinker and and you try this and you try that and you fix this one little bit and then you, you see how that happens and then you fix another bit. Why aren't we doing that? Why, why is the argument always, if we do this, it's not going to solve the entire problem? Well, let's start. Let's start. Let's well, start with little things and see what happens. Let's do something. I hear you. I hear you. But, you know, when when the people who are in charge of doing the things are not motivated to do the things, it's kind of hard. If you're you know, if you have a programming problem and then you ask the designer to do it, uh, <laughs> it really is never going to get done. Yeah, I know. David J. from Love and Rockets uh, was feeling motivated and, and he wrote a song. And I do miss when music was about protest and upset about the world and it's it's pretty decent i liked it so uh thoughts and prayers by david J is up on soundcloud you'll find the link in our show notes it's worth a listen he was uh like i said bass player from bauhaus and love and rockets it's a nice little song uh this is a really interesting article called why we're underestimating american collapse uh i'm not even gonna attempt to say this guy's name i'm sure i'll get it wrong so i'll attempt it now anyways umer hake uh, it's a six-minute read. It is uh, the strange new pathologies of the world's first rich failed state. I tried really hard to disagree with any point he made in here, and I was unable to. No, you can't. You actually can't. You can't. And it's something yeah. that I've noticed and something we've kind of talked about and edged around. We're not built for all this information. I think this is really starting to screw with us. I also think hyper-consumerism, basically the capitalist experiment, has kind of failed on a lot of a lot of fronts. Yep. But I think what it's doing, and this is, you know, we've, we have mentioned this before, but I think that at least a lot, with a lot of my friends and a lot of people I see, they're just turning into nihilists. They just don't care. No, okay. First, let, let, let me backtrack really quickly and just uh, talk a bit about the article. He yeah. lays out five examples of what he sees going wrong in, in the United States and how it's uh, they're massively different from anything that's ever happened before in history, as far as we know. Uh, the first being these school shootings. Um, that doesn't happen any in any other society anywhere. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a purely American phenomena. Uh, the second, the opioid <laughs> epidemic. One. Yes. The second being the opioid epidemic, the fact that Americans are, are numbing themselves and killing themselves with the hardest of hard drugs. Uh, again, purely American phenomena in many countries in the world, Asia, Africa, you can buy opioids over the counter without a prescription and mm-hmm. they are not abusing them the way that we are here in America. Um, and he's postulating that the reason that we do this is because existence here is traumatic and desperate and we don't have health care and we're there's self-medicating a second side to that there's a second <laughs> side to that though because when mm. i had my ankle broken and surgery and all the pins and that stuff um i was so over prescribed pain yeah, medication mm-hmm. like i was only supposed to be on it for a little bit do you know how many pills he uh, like in total prescribed me for my for my broken ankle but probably a ton 500. Whoa, that's 500. Yeah. Yeah. All the refills, all the refills and everything totaled to 500 uh, painkillers for my leg. And that's just ridiculous. 
It's utterly yeah. ridiculous. And and it was so hard to get off of it when it was done. I mean, it it really sucked. Unfortunately, you know, did it, but I can see how a lot of people wouldn't be able to do that. And it was just really right. hard. So I think it's not just we're trying to, you know, numb ourselves to the daily grind, but Sometimes there is an overprescription problem for sure, and they're trying to work on that. Yep, but. and that's definitely a broken healthcare system, which we yeah. have here. Uh, then he talks about the elderly being cheated of dignity, um, about the support systems that used to exist that no longer exist, and about how family and social bonds have collapsed here in America. Um, and then he talks about the final bit being uh, the fact that we just don't seem to care about these problems. Um, we pay some lip service to them, but we don't do anything to fix them. And I think you're right. I think technology is is a big part of this. Um, I think, you know, what we've done with, with our cell phones and with Facebook and with the social networks and the ability to, to uh, create your own bubbles um, put us in this place where we just create the world that we want to be and we reject reality and we make our own. And we've created this entire system where we're just wandering around in our own little bubble, in our own little haze. And as long as something isn't affecting us directly, we don't care. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be where we're at. And and he talks about that in this article. He talks about how America is a is a predatory society now, where we take care of ourselves and and to hell with everyone else. And there's no social bonding anymore. And um, it's hard to argue with this article. I really suggest everybody read it. And I know English is not this guy's first language. And I know a lot of people, when I've passed this around, have been like, it's hard to read a little bit. He doesn't, you know, he, there's there's misspellings and he uses some words wrong. Well, screw you. He knows a couple languages. You probably know one. F you. Read it. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> point, His point though, is, is, is well taken. So, yeah. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Enough of this shit. Let's cheer up a little bit. <laughs> okay. And this is, okay, my favorite thing of the day, talking about people mm -hmm. being in their own bubbles and not knowing what the hell's going on. Apparently, Apple has a problem with their new employees at the spaceship because yes. as people are getting used to a, a new office layout and figuring out where they're going, but probably looking at their phone all the damn time, uh, <laughs> the, the problem of distracted Apple employees is they're running into the walls because the walls are made of glass. All of Johnny Ives' beautiful, grand vision turns out to be kind of, uh, it's like a bunch of pratfalls with people walking into walking into the walls. I wish I, I wish there was video of this somewhere. Me too. I, I You know what they need? And I remember this from when I was a kid, because uh, we, we had big, long glass sliding doors that led out to our backyard, and my parents, to stop us as, as little kids from, from basically running straight into the glass doors, got these little bird stickers and put bird stickers all over them. So I think that we need to send these to Apple. They need little stickers, all little emoji stickers, maybe all over these these glass panes will help. Well, they tried to do it, but then the management said, "No, you have to take that down because it's messing with the aesthetic of the oh, building. Okay. It's not the aesthetic right. that we're going for." And we're I'm going like, for head trauma. <laughs> exactly, Johnny. I was probably somewhere having a conniption fit, going, "What are these people doing to my beautiful glass doors?" Yeah. Oh killing me no more post-its no more post-its uh, <laughs> but i just I, I i needed to lighten things up and and the vision of a lot of people around apple with their little iphones walking into the walls is just i i think that really is the sign of the times and where we've come <laughs> kind it. of is yeah uh we've talked a lot about uh the coming robot revolution or at least uh what it might mean for us in terms of jobs and 
we've hashed out the idea that, okay, well, somebody's going to have to take care of the robots until the robots start figuring out how to fix themselves. Uh, so maybe there'll be more work, but I've always been on the side that we're going to, there may not be any work. And this is a good article over at Mother Jones called The Robots Really Are Coming. But in the meantime, let's not go crazy. I enjoyed this. It made me feel a little bit better about uh, about our future. Uh, there's one paragraph in particular. It won't happen for at least a decade, but eventually artificial intelligence will get to the point where it will, in fact, produce enormous productivity growth and no deficits will no longer matter. We won't quite be in the mythical post-scarcity society of Star Trek fame, but we'll be close. The main problem of economics will no longer be business cycles or inflation or trade deficits or even unemployment per se. It will be strictly about how to distribute the fruits of a society in which both human labor and capital stock are no longer of any value. I agree. That is the key question. Will we get to the point where all the money is not going to go into Elon Musk's company and it will be distributed fairly and equitably? Or will it all just go into the coffers of the people that own the robots? That's the big question, right? No, the big question is when are they going to finish with these decent sex bots that will do, do my laundry and the dishes? That's my question about the robots, but if you want to go, go Star Trek and go for it. Wow, you want, a, you want a sex bot that does laundry and dishes? That sounds like a wife bot. Well, yeah, you know, that one that you can turn <laughs> off at night. Uh, or yeah. a husband bot. Let's not be sexist. Let's not be sexist, yes. Uh, no, whatever it is, it's creepy, but... Yes, it is. So, But I thought it was a well-written article. It's pretty interesting, yeah. so it's worth a read. Um, you well know that two of my favorite sites, at least used to be, for going to news was Slate and Salon. Um, Slate took a little bit of a swipe at Salon this week, which is kind of funny, uh, so, because Salon has come out and basically done the... Will you let us take over some of your CPU power to mine cryptocurrency if you don't want to see ads? They are doing it themselves. And as far as I know, this is the first at least major publication that is going this route. Um, so they're trying to co-op visitors' computers to mine Monero, a privacy-focused cryptocurrency. Aren't all cryptocurrencies privacy-focused? Isn't that the point? It depends. It depends, just, on, it, yeah, well, it depends okay. on the technology behind it. Well, yeah, okay. Well, Salon is hoping that it can encourage users who want to avoid seeing ads to instead subsidize the site's work with their personal computer's spare processing power. There's a lot of assumptions there, obviously, but uh, the CEO says ad blocking is here and it isn't going to get any better. Right now, there are a couple models out there to deal with it, and we wanted to see if there was another. So they're giving it a go. Interesting, but uh, not something I'm going to let them do because I want to be able to inspect that damn code. Yeah, yeah. How about, uh, you know, why don't you just put up a paywall like everybody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. That seems to be what people are doing now, but uh, they're trying something different. And another side effect of the cryptocurrency mining craze, it's hampering the search for alien life. That's right. SETI, the search for extraterrestrial life, researchers want to build out their operations at two facilities so they can uh, increase the search themselves. And they can't find any GPUs because they're all being bought out by people mining bitcoins. Not yep. only is SETI pissed off at it, gamers are pissed off of it because they can't get their graphics cards that they want for their games because everybody is going crazy mining cryptocurrency. So that's awesome. Yeah, I actually saw a posting the other day of some miner who just gave up. He's like, ah, screw this. I'm not doing it anymore. And he was selling like 450 GPUs that he had. <laughs> yeah, like, a, friend of, wow. a friend of mine was at Fry's and he said that he saw somebody walk by with just a shopping cart full of GPUs and they were completely sold out. Like they took all yeah. of them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Berlin, uh, we love the Germans, don't we? They, they tend to take things and uh, get the ball rolling. Berlin has stopped Airbnb from renting full apartments to tourists to protect affordable housing in the city. Um, 
rents were going up and uh, because everybody that owned a property was basically moving, buying another place and putting up their place on Airbnb. Uh, so they're now doing large fines and uh, they're hoping to protect property supply and keep rents as low as possible. Uh, they're still You're still able to rent out a room. You're just not able to rent out your entire place anymore, which I think is a good move, especially in, in urban cities like that. I mean, that sort of stuff is what's driving rents and property prices up uh, here. I mean, that's happening here as well. So you got to protect that stuff. Yep. Good Way to go, them. Berliners. Yes. And Snapchat is finally giving their celebrity influencers access to some of their data rights. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I mean, I don't even understand how this has been going on. Like, how are these people been able to get so much money when nobody knew how many people were actually looking at their stuff? But now they're actually sharing this this information with the influencers. So that's a that's a step in the right direction, I suppose. <laughs> I guess. I mean, since I'm not a Snapchat influencer, I'll never get yeah. access to my data. So whatever. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. uh Yes, Magic Leap. There was some news this week about Magic Leap. Um, I, how many how many conferences does Recode have in a year? Because I swear uh, it's like every week they have a new conference. I know every week it's some sort of conference. That's it's unbelievable. So yeah, I, I guess there was news. Uh, news being yes. Shaq is wearing a headset. <laughs> yeah. So the big news is it's uh, uh, well. The, here's the, here's the first thing. They're not calling it augmented reality mm-hmm. because apparently they. They want their own term. So they've come up with <laughs> spatial computing. That's what Magic Leap is doing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, multiple sized headsets. And right. it, it, you can see Shaq in the headset, and he looks like a twat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a not a good looking headset. Um, and they said it will cost some amount of money that is maybe affordable <laughs> to some people. It will Which cost is the- some amount of money. <laughs> yes. No shit. <laughs> Which is the best line of the article. It will cost some amount of money that is maybe affordable to some people. <laughs> that is the best line of all time. I know. Oh, I wish I could make that our title. Yeah, I know. And they still say it's uh, still coming out sometime this year, but we'll see. Okay. All right. We'll see. And hopefully I'll have the amount of money that is affordable to me because uh, <laughs> I'd like to see it. That's for sure. We'll see. I don't yeah, know. maybe we'll pool our resources and mm. share one. Please donate some amount of money to our Patreon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. Um, speaking of people that don't have some amount of money, Amazon is making layoffs. <gasps> oh no! There's shocking. There several hundred corporate jobs are being cut, and mm-hmm. it's the only reason that this is news is because Amazon generally isn't in you know the business of firing people, but they did what most businesses do at the beginning of the year, and you know. Yep had their, you know, yearly uh, meetings with the employees and some employees suck so they fired them and they saw which divisions were had too many people so they cut a few. Right. It's no yes. big deal. Every company does this and they're still hiring, you know, like I think it was in the article they say there was like 12,500 job listings up for Amazon already so the people who got fired could probably go get another gig in Amazon if they want yeah. to. Probably. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Yeah, but I mean, not surprising, and it does make news just because Amazon is Amazon. But uh, every company kind of does that. So, yeah, and they've got so many little tiny companies that they keep buying up that just are are yeah. underperforming. So you know, yeah. they just got a few people from them. That's, but yeah. it was this was making the rounds like it's like oh my god, Amazon Armageddon, you know. But nah, not really. Yeah. This is just pretty much what every big company does, and they're still the second highest uh, employer in the country. So 
There you go. Yep. And just to continue to prove that the world is not black and white as many shades of gray, as much as we hate the FCC and Agit Pai in particular because of net neutrality, they can do things right. And they have. Uh, so they have basically signed off on Elon Musk's SpaceX and uh, backed a, a satellite internet plan that uh, that he wants to do. And the FCC has kind of given them the go-ahead, which is great. Uh, good on them. All right. Congratulations. Yeah, good move. Now, you know, let's fix that net neutrality thing. Yeah. So. And this goes right <laughs> into the next article from BGR. And I'm, I'm just going to read the first line of this because it just it made me very, very happy. In a shocking twist that absolutely no one could have seen coming, former industry lobbyist, part-time man-child, and full-time <laughs> FCC chairman Ajit Pai is reportedly under investigation by the FCC's internal watchdog. The investigation Good. is focused on Pai's push to change broadcast ownership rules, which have cleared the way for Sinclair Broadcast Group to acquire Tribune Media drunk, for $3.9 billion. And we covered this on the show when that went through. That's going mm-hmm. to let big places not have... Um, uh, uh, like basically a presence in a local market. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, maybe other people at the FCC are still doing good things as well. Maybe. Good. Good. Yep. Investigate them. Yay. And in, in fun news, well, fun for us because we weren't the ones being sued, Boing Boing was sued by Playboy magazine because they linked to right. something. Okay. <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, there's a judge out there somewhere that is smart enough to say, no, 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 You can't, no, no, you can't do that. And uh, yeah. threw it out and came back and said that, okay, uh, Playboy, just no, this is dismissed. Um, you have the option of doing an amended draft to send back to me, but I'm going to tell you, you might not want to do that because you're going to lose. So get yeah, on the judge, get this out yeah. of there because, yeah. You can't sue somebody for linking to something. You can sue the people. I guess they were hosted at Imager. Okay, you sue Imager. They're the ones hosting it. You can't sue Boy Boing for going, hey, this thing, it's right here. Click. Right, but in the United States, you can sue anyone for every anything. Well, yes, you can, <laughs> can't you? <laughs> yes, it doesn't mean you're going to win, nope. but you can sue everyone for anything. Ups and doodads. So I'd like to start off our, our segment today with a little update from Clash Royale. What's going on over there? Uh, we've been having a great time. We're we're as a clan, we're doing pretty well, and uh, but I have had to kick out a bunch of people for non-compliance, meaning they're not playing; they're just <laughs> hogging spots. So if you got kicked right. out this week, uh, sorry, but you got to play and uh, participate. That's that's basically Look, you the main. Me role. out, people. Yeah, yeah. No one's safe <laughs> in, in in Clash Royale. <laughs> And based on your recommendation, Brian, I have signed up for the data ethics class. It starts next week. Yeah, it starts on the 19th. All right. That's awesome. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's, it's you know, it's a couple hours out of your uh, your week for a few weeks, but uh, it was really interesting. Certainly right up the alley of everything that we talk about. In fact, I pulled two articles out of news and put, put them right here because they'll both be in your class. So okay. <laughs> I thought you might be interested in them. Uh, the first is uh, this just came up from Engadget. AI facial analysis demonstrates both racial and gender bias. Researchers from MIT and Stanford found that three different facial analysis programs demonstrate both gender and skin color biases. Uh, the team looked at the accuracy rates of facial recognition is broken down by gender and race. And uh, basically 97% uh, percent for a face recognition system they designed, but the data set used to assess its performance was more than 77% male and more than 83% white. 
This narrow test space results in a higher error rate for anybody who isn't white or male. It's because white male people tend to be the ones that build these things and don't think about it, and this gets discussed in the course. In fact, there's a clip from some show, I think it was The Good Wife, it's some sort of legal procedural show, mm-hmm. and um, a woman, a black <laughs> a woman sued a company, of a made-up company that was Facebook-esque, because her photo was tagged as being a gorilla, uh, rather than if, <laughs> she was just a black female. So she sued them, and uh, they sent the lawyers in. And of course, the uh, all the white brosifs that were working at the company said, well, we we scanned everybody that works here. And then the lawyers look around, and it's just all young white guys. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, it'll get better in time. Well, I mean, didn't that actually happen to Google? Yeah, it did. You know, this is one of those shows that's ripped from the headlines. Oh, that means they don't have any, you know what they use? They used AI to write the script from the (laughs) the headline. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So and then the second story that I saw this week that was right out of the class as well. German court, again, the Germans rules Facebook use of personal data illegal. A German consumers rights group said on Monday that a court had found Facebook's use of personal data to be illegal because the U.S. social media platform did not adequately secure the informed consent of its users. Informed consent will be a big part of your class, Jason. Okay. So, yeah, this is straight out of it again. It's 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 they're saying Facebook hides default settings that are not privacy friendly in its privacy center and does not provide sufficient information, i.e. a fucking manual about it when users register. And they're saying, again, that's not ethical because you are burying this information. You're not telling people what you're going to use their information for. And therefore, anybody that si- signs up is not giving their informed consent. So right out of your class. That'll help you out. All right. Help you out for your peer reviewed final essay. (laughs) Thanks for the cheat sheet there, buddy. No problem, man. And since, uh, you know, since I'm taking the data ethics class, I've also got a note in the mail this week that masterclass.com has a Mm -hmm. new one, and it's Bob Woodward teaches investigative journalism. We can all look into the uh, current uh, version of of, uh, Watergate that's going on right now. Yeah. It'll be fun. But (laughs) I have the all you can eat plan, so I'll be able to check it out. It's, uh, I guess it's, um, pre-order right now but it'll be out soon yeah and i really do dig the for the price you know if you do one class it's like 99 bucks but if you do the all you can eat it's like 180 for the year it's like buying two classes Mm -hmm. you get all of them and they're fun they're nice to be able to pop into i've been meaning to take one of these just because they look so interesting and i want to see how they work so i'll get around to that maybe this one it does seem interesting Mm -hmm. and i do i recommend the gordon ramsay one because man that guy can cook Candy. Star Trek Discovery has come to an end. The first season finale aired last Sunday. Did you get a chance to see it, Jason? Are you caught up? Have you, I am. Have you I seen saw all it. of Utrecht. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck was that? Well, Vulture has an article that is uh, spot on to how I feel about the show. Uh, it's called why, why Star Trek Discovery Needs to Evolve. It gets into an awful lot of points. Uh, if you watch this and and you are a trekkie like like both of us are and we really love the entire thing um this is a this is a good read you're you're gonna probably agree with it just like jason and i did uh the show was okay every single criticism in this article is valid um but i will say i need to apply my three season rule except for the fact that i'm actually watching it right now yeah. let's see what they do next season um they really do seem to have painted themselves into a corner but i shall hold out hope that Perhaps this will get better. And, and just as a tangent, I've got to say this. Spock's mom has always been hot. 
every <laughs> single actress that has played Spock's mom, I have either crushed on at the time or when they were younger as an actress. Uh, Jane Wyatt, the original one, uh, Majel Barrett, uh, Cynthia Blaze, Winona Ryder, and Mia Kirshner in this version. Man, they're just uh, Spock's mom uh, has got it going on. That's all I got to say. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh, what did you think about the show? Uh, it was so th- that ending was so weird. It was yeah. so weird. Yeah. It, I, mean, I don't know what they were thinking. It just didn't jive for me at all. I mean, I know they wrote it before they got picked up for a second. No, they they knew they were doing a second season before that filmed. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because this kind of felt like a wrap up that they could just stop. And then yeah. they end it with running into the Enterprise? What the? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, there, there are a lot of problems with this. Uh, the technology, the spore drive, how the hell? I mean, now there's speculation that this isn't a third universe. This isn't the original universe that all the previous shows were in. This isn't in the rebooted J.J. Abrams universe. This might be a completely different universe, which seems to be the only way they're going to get themselves out of some of the things that they've created here. Yeah. I, I don't know what they're doing, but like I said, I guess we'll see. I really hope that we get more anthology next season. I hope it's not one through storyline the whole way through. I miss yeah. that. I really do miss it. I, I miss the morality plays. It looks good. I don't know. It looks good, <laughs> but they've, they've spored themselves into a corner. With yes, the, the, they, re- the they really have. The spore thing was just, I mean, they didn't need to do that. It, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, there was shakeups with, you know, the showrunners before it even aired, so, and writers and all that stuff, so who knows? Maybe they'll at least get their heads screwed on straight for season two. Right. But, yeah, it was it was really a weird finale. One of the weirdest I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. So, I don't know where they're going to go with it. Um, I tried to watch the end of the fucking world. I guess we'll just call it that, because that's the title. Yeah, that's pretty much is the title. One doesn't know how to pronounce that. Um. Okay, on your recommendation, and much like I, how I can't watch Black Mirror right now because the world is already too bleak, and I need I need delightful things in my life, like like uh, Phil Rosenthal. I don't need this. I I try I tried to watch two episodes. Uh, the wife was like walking around taking care of stuff, and every time she'd come back in the room, she's like, "What the fuck are you watching? Why are you? This is so bleak. This is yeah. go put Star Trek back on because I I don't need you in a mood." <laughs> so- <laughs> So yeah, it was just unrelentingly bleak. I mean, it looks like it's very well acted. I mean, there's there's some humor, very dark humor in it. I chuckled a few times, but it just made me feel bad. So <laughs> I, go. I, I got to put that on the shelf for now. We'll see. It's a, it's a wise idea. Timing is everything in these things. Yes. Yes, it is. Now, I put this one in here for you because I, I you just finished watching Voyager, and it's a fake research yeah. paper based on Star Trek Voyager's worst episode was published by a scientific journal. <laughs> yeah i read through it it's very funny uh you'd probably need to go back and watch the episode to enjoy this article but <laughs> and i wouldn't suggest going back and watching this episode because it was horrible terrible this is a terrible yeah. episode so I, I i would pass on that i just I, if you want to read it go for it. it'll be in the show notes at gog.show slash 247 but <laughs> this one was just for you yeah, thank you very much. It was very funny. Uh, I've been c- trying to catch up on the Grand Tour. I'm hoping for some of that delightful. Not really getting it yet, but it is getting better. I'll give it that. Uh, every successive episode is a bit more enjoyable. I, I just need some reality back. I, I They've got to get rid of all this scripting. They've got to, because it's horrible, because the jokes fall flat. They're funny when they're funny by accident, not by design. Okay, I don't know which one you're specifically talking about. Did you already, but did you watch the episode where they talked about not being yes. scripted? 
Yes, where they got all meta and they pretended to not be scripted, even though they were still scripted. Yeah, yeah. That one, that one went on a that joke went on a little too long. Yeah, <laughs> way it did. too so, long. So, anyways, they, they they get. I mean, I I love it all the way through, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm still watching. I still yeah. enjoy it, but it's no it's no Top Gear, and I don't think they're ever going to get quite there again. But we'll see. You never know. Uh, as you've talked about, it is Oscar season, so I finally got to see an Oscar-nominated movie. I watched Get Out. It is available on Amazon. It's also available for free on HBO right now, so you don't even need a fancy screener like we have. Or And you can go to the theater and see it for free. Oh, that's true. They're doing something for that, right? Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll be too late. But yeah, yes. they're, they're playing it for <laughs> one day for free in the theaters. Yes. A highly entertaining movie. I don't know if it's oscar caliber and i don't understand the this is such a huge social movement point of it but it's very good i chuckled and i enjoyed it i enjoyed it greatly so yeah i thought it was a i thought it was a good movie i don't yeah. I, I also didn't know if it's oscar worthy but uh i thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was decent what yeah are you gonna do? highly enjoyable what are you gonna do uh now this is interesting and i i still get the hustle newsletter even though mm. it's written written by and for millennials Right. Which it, it, some days, some days is harder <laughs> than ever to uh, to get yeah, through. To but stomach. Uh, yeah. So they did a thing uh, on torrenting, which you know right. is how we go to Sweden. Uh, mm-hmm. Over a decade ago, peer-to-peer file sharing ruled the roost, accounting for nearly seventy percent of all internet traffic in two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. But ever yeah. since, torrenting traffic has been on a steady decline. In twenty fifteen, it accounted for just three percent of web traffic in North America, which is you know mm-hmm. pretty steady decline. But you know. Netflix came out, Amazon Video, uh, everybody now has a way, yeah, on demand. Yeah, streaming music, uh, every single song ever available for $9.95 a month or free if you want to listen to some ads, of course, torrenting has gone down. Yeah. You and I only torrent things that we can't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, pretty much. Yeah, so that's kind of a a no-shit Sherlock article. Yeah, I just like the numbers, though. That's a, that's a pretty yeah. steady decline, but yeah. Yep. It's not going yep. away. And there's no way it's no. ever going to go away, but it's it's nice to... When when there is an alternative where we can give you a credit card and get what we want, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. That's what people yeah, do. Yeah, I think, I think I've said from day one about uh, us going to Sweden, it's if you made it easy for us to get something and relatively cheap, then we will do it that way. If you yep. will not, then we will torrent it. And I'm <laughs> certainly not going to pay 70 bucks for Star Trek Uptrekt. No, that's ridiculous. That's the, the idea that they're they're <laughs> here. Pay all this money for one show. No, mm-hmm. no, not going to do that. I'll pay if if you made it a small amount of money. If it was like a buck or two bucks a month, I'll give you that. Pat, I'll happily give you that for Star Trek, but not what you want. So. Yeah, because there's nothing else on that network besides what the Big Bang Theory, which I cannot stand. So yeah, that show's horrible now. Yeah, what are you going to do? Speaking of things that are horrible, mm-hmm. Billy Corgan is in the news again <laughs> now you have have held me back in the past from crapping all over good old billy but because uh, i was working with him at the time <laughs> so uh when once he once he you know showed his true colors and shit all over my friends who he was working with then uh, gloves are off man take it right. away yes uh but yeah there's a new smooshy pumpkins uh reunion tour without one of the original members and yes. uh i i think you can take it from here brian well, yes, they are doing a, a money-grabbing <laughs> tour <laughs> uh, that they've announced, and uh, there's an awful lot of, um, uh, of mudslinging going on, mudslinging <laughs> going on, 
Yeah, uh, Darcy uh, Retsky, the original bassist for the Smashing Pumpkins and bassist for the Smashing Pumpkins through all the good albums, uh, is has not been invited. Um, Billy Corgan, of course, says that she was invited. She wasn't invited, and uh, he, he she held her. She did her first interview in over twenty years with Alternative Nation, and she did not hold back at all. If you want to know what kind of a what a crazy industry the music industry is in general, or what crazy Billy Corgan, well known in the music industry, is the most insane of all the insane people, is actually like, read her interview. Uh, I will not be attending this tour as much as I'd like to. Uh, I love the first couple albums by the Smashing Pumpkins; they were formative albums for me, um, but. I Jane's Addiction is not Jane's Addiction without Eric Avery. I don't know what that horrible version is that's been touring for the past 15 years. It's not Jane's Addiction. I won't go see Jane's Addiction either. Uh, it's not the Smashing Pumpkins without Darcy. It's just not. So not going to see it. There you go. And, and yep. I just got uh, an email that just came in. Apparently Flogging Molly, one of my, my favorite Irish bands, is doing a cruise uh, this year. <laughs> now, But they're doing it with The Offspring. Okay. What? Doesn't hey really... man, the cru- the cruises are big money now. If if we could get enough people on a boat, it'd be the Grumpy Old Geeks cruise. Oh, Everybody's man. doing it. Yeah. Corolla does it. Everybody's doing cruises now. I think the Goose just did one. I don't know. It's it's big money. It's for these for these acts. You got to make money somehow. Nobody's buying albums. Yeah, Jonathan Colton does the Joko cruise, and yeah, you know, lots of people go on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to go on Irish music cruises all the time. Where I went to one in Hawaii and one in Mexico. They're fun. They're actually a ton yeah. of fun if you can stand right. being on a, a boat for seven days, which I can because right. I love the sea. But yeah, let's let's do a, a grumpy old grumpy old grumpy old sometimes. geeks uh, dinghy cruise because that's yeah. about a, as many people as we'd get. <laughs> that's true. Uh, grumps at sea would be, yes. be marooned. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, we've got spam and spam and spam. The Verge has an article about YouTube's Karate Kid reboot. And it says, yes. just like the original, except everyone's way too old to be doing this. And I didn't even bother to read the article <laughs> because there's one line, which is the subtitle. It's been three decades. Move on already. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's all you had to tell me. I'm done. I'm out. Right. And yeah, um, yeah I don't care. Sweep the leg. I whatever. I did get uh, some text messages yesterday from friend of the show, Dr. David Teeter, because mm-hmm. uh, he was in my old old neighborhood out in Woodland Hills and he was on his way. To Langer's Deli, which is from the... Was that the first season or the second season of Phil's show? Um, uh, I believe the first. Yeah, it was the first season. And he was on his way to get a number 19 pastrami sandwich, which looked so good. And, I know, it looked delicious. Oh, my God. I just... Uh, my my big meal of the day yesterday was a big fish from Burger King. So <laughs> that, <laughs> that pastrami looked really good. But if you still haven't followed up and uh, seen those episodes of uh, Phil's eating shows that we talked about the last two weeks i highly recommend it if you want something just fun check them out and yeah, you know i agree and just don't send me any more pictures if you do go to the places that they do in the show because it makes me extremely jealous and hungry well interesting that you say that because in theory assuming our uh, nanny will work on monday since it's a holiday we're hoping that she does we're going to go off to grand central market which is another place that phil went in his la episode so oh, i'll yeah. be certain to send you photos Cool, yeah. That looked that looked like a cool place. I've never been there. Me either, so I'm looking forward to it. All right. Security? Ha! We're back with Dave Bittner and the gang's all here this time. And uh, yeah, leave you guys alone for one week. And yep. you can't even remember where Teledildonics came from. 
stunningly not top of mind. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, and you, who knows? I mean, maybe it's just a matter of discretion and not memory, right? Yeah. Well, I will say that as we uttered that, I knew, I knew that this would appear in the show notes this week from Jason. Of all things that we discussed, teledildonics would make an appearance, and when it popped into the show notes, I, I chuckled to myself. It's a great time to be alive, isn't it? Oh, go ahead, Jason. Uh, please inform us. This is not the kind of thing that you saw in the old uh, encyclopedias that we used to you know, have on the shelf. <laughs> I gotta say, Wikipedia, <laughs> hats off to you. Yep. But the interesting thing is the term was coined in 1975 by Ted Nelson in his Computer Lib Dream Machines book. So yeah, hmm. that's yeah. surprising. I didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought it went back that far. But there you go. It's also known as cyber dildonics, which uh, I like teledildonics better. Yes, me too. There ended the history lesson. But otherwise, great job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. What did I say, Brian? I said we would start the show with some sort of correction. Yes, and. So maybe I don't know if we'd label that a correction. Perhaps it were, we're just filling out some details. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, shockingly though, we did get praise rather than uh, you guys did a horrible job. So it's a banner yeah. day. There you go. There you go. Shut Happy up and talk contribute. about some security already. <laughs> I, although I will, I will say that uh, cutting out so much of Dave swearing was was the highlight of my <laughs> of my day. You know, it was funny. I didn't realize how much I had sworn until I listened to the very end of the show. And I was like, wow, I really let loose there, didn't I? Oh, that was just a small was, portion of it. And I was going to leave it in, but you I'll have to you, go back. Yeah, you gave me permission mm, for that I have to one. to go so. back. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I, I just, you know, I just, the filters come off, I guess, in a moment of frustration. And that's fine. I'm, I'm only human. That morality clause <laughs> leads to a lot of editing around these parts. So. I know. God. <laughs> I tell you, if anybody ever gets the uh, behind-the-scenes recordings here at the CyberWire, I'm in deep, deep trouble. This is why I I can't have an assistant, because they have too much on me, you know? Right. <laughs> I will say in our Clash Royale clan, somebody said that, uh, just listen to the new show, Dave Bittner swearing, question mark, is nothing sacred anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just asked my wife about that. I never swear at home. Never, <laughs> yeah. never, 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 never. All right, let's get to some uh, real serious news here. And today we have some real serious news. Uh, this is breaking as we record this. Um, Robert Mueller has uh, indicted a bunch of Russians yep. for interference in the 2016 election. Whoa. Yep. Um, Nothing to yeah. see here. <laughs> I was too busy talking about teledildonics. This is all news to me. Breaking. No collusion. Thirteen Russian nationals and three Russian entities accusing them of defrauding the U.S. government by interfering with the political process. Uh, I highly recommend uh, everyone go read the actual indictment. It's, uh, you know, well, skim through the boring parts and, and read through the juicy parts. It really lays it all out. Um, the, the people who came over, how they got their money... Uh, the campaigns they used, with specific types of influence they attempted, uh, everything from social media stuff to organizing demonstrations, um, using fake bank accounts. It's all pretty much laid out there. So uh, it's an interesting read. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, things are speeding up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I included another article from uh, our friends at Endgame. Uh, Andrea Little Limbago is the author there. She's uh, sort of their global policy expert. I've spoken to her a few times on the Cyberwire. 
And uh, this story, while an older one, this is from November of last year, it really lays out kind of the background of these types of indictments, why we do them, because it's unlikely that any of these people are ever going to be actually brought to justice here in the United States. But it really lays out the political background. What's the the uh, the benefits of these sorts of indictments? Why do we do them? What can they lead to? What what are the what's the message they send globally to do this sort of naming and shaming kind of thing? Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in the global policy implications of it, I've included a link to that article as well. Nice. Yeah, I read through that. It was fascinating. Yeah. So the Mueller thing is, uh, you know, breaking quickly. Uh, like I said, as we record, it just came out about less than an hour ago. So not a whole lot of details there. But I imagine as we head into the next week, we're going to learn a lot more about it. We're learning. Somebody is having a really very bad, no good week. I've got to say there, there's a lot of uh, reports coming out now about networks uh, to pay off people from affairs. And oh, boy, it's it's a mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this next story uh, that broke uh, oh the, earlier this week about uh, a bunch of government websites that were hijacked by crypto mining plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, over four thousand websites are thought to have been hit. It got caught pretty quickly. It only ran for I believe about six hours, um, and reports are that the bad guys netted a, a grand total of around twenty four dollars. So. <laughs> <laughs> But um, what's interesting about it is this sort of shit. Well, a couple of things are interesting about this. First of all, the shift from ransomware to crypto mining. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something we're seeing. Um, and I think the idea there being that crypto mining can fly under the radar for longer because it's not really it, it's it's more of a nuisance than, you know, locking up your files and ransoming them. And for many people, they don't even know it's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that this points out is this idea of third-party vulnerability. How these websites got hacked is that they were using a third-party plugin, something to allow um, people who have um, disabilities, I believe it's visually impaired people, mm-hmm. it would allow them to basically have the website read to them. So what these folks did is they infected that plugin. So any website that used that plugin would start crypto mining. Right. So a, a clever way to get uh, your code out there into a bunch of places at once. And this is something we, we talk about all the time uh, over on the CyberWire about this vulnerability to third party attacks where you're trusting someone else with a you know, piece of your website, a piece of your software, something like that. If the bad guys can get to that, um, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And uh, this, this showed that being the case. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, I had an article that I thought was very interesting because, as you know, we are almost we're not paying anybody, but we are actively questioning whether any Mac has ever been hit by a virus. We're still waiting for anyone to tell us that this has actually happened. Any any actual proof anybody to say I got that coming up. (laughs) Good. Well, I'm glad glad to hear that. But in regards to this article, because this annoyed me so much. Uh, it's the actual title is how Mac apps can spy on your computer. And it goes into detail about how apps don't have to necessarily say that they're going to do this or that and, and things that can happen. However, the text that was promoted on both Facebook and Twitter for this article was your Mac is just as vulnerable to viruses as any windows PC. Here's what you can do about it. Are they though? Because what they're describing in this article is a not a virus B doesn't discuss anything about PCs. I got so angry about this. These are not viruses. These are software. These are programs that you have willingly installed on your computer. That is not, by definition, a virus. Yeah. What what this article (laughs) mainly is, is bad writing. 
Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> we have a lot of that around yeah. here, it seems, sometimes. But, I, you know, my, I'm just instantly always looking for anything. Anytime I see the word Mac and virus together, I'm checking it out because we're continuing this, this, this hunt. But go ahead, Jason. You apparently have been affected. Uh, I have not been affected in the way that you think. But what I do have <laughs> is I have a Synology, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And since a Synology is basically just a little Linux computer... I have a backup of basically everything in there from the past 20-some-odd years of uh, being online and all the, the stuff that I've done. Surprising uh, to porn. me, uh, it's not say, porn. Stuff, stuff that <laughs> fell off the truck from Sweden? Yeah. No, these are, these are projects that I've worked on, surprisingly okay. enough. And right. so I, I like, installed like we said, porn and projects that <laughs> fell off the truck from Sweden. The, the funny part is the main project is called I'm right. You're wrong. So ah. there you go. Um, Shocker. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, here's 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 the interesting ones. I So I ran an antivirus against it and it quarantined 181 items. Hmm. A hmm. lot of them are old. Uh, so here we've got HTML.phishing.auction66, win.trojan, U28 html phishing auction blah 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 html exploit cve 2017 there's a bunch of really interesting ones in here there's a ton of different ones uh there's also a lot of ones that i never even caught that were in wordpress installs that i had archived yes Mm -hmm. so right the plugins have malware in them in their name but there's another one here osx malware.proton 6377366-1 so that is that sounds to me like an actual Mac piece of malware. Um, it's. Did it's, you look it up? I haven't been able to yet, but I uh, just ran out of time. But I've got different HTML exploits. A lot of these are Windows exploits that people sent me, of course. Right. But uh, there, there was a specific one that says OS X. So uh, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep digging through these, and next week, hopefully, we'll have uh, a, a list of the different ones that are on here that are Mac specific. But they are. Somewhere here in on my Synology, but fortunately they've been um, quarantined, which is interesting. Yeah, right? that's interesting. It will be interesting to see if that, like that one you, you call out, uh, what does it require to run? Is it, as we've said, it seems like so many of these Mac things require some sort of error on the user's part to run yeah. something they shouldn't be running. So it'll be interesting to see what how, how exactly does that one work. And we'll look forward to that. Yep, I will have Definitely. a full analysis next week. But I just uh, I thought you guys might might be interested yeah. in that one. That is yeah, interesting. that is interesting. So, yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. definitely cool. Uh, and I have one more story. Now, this is one of those words uh, or titles or you know whatever that I always see written and I've never heard anybody say in real life because ah, nobody I know ah, has one. So ah. I'm gonna let's see how I pronounce this. All U.S. Right. intelligence agencies warn buyers to avoid Huawei smartphones. Huawei. Well. I will tell you that I have been told okay. by our uh, by our Asia desk here at the CyberWire yes. uh, that it is Huawei. Yep. Ah, Huawei. Okay. See, Huawei. I, I don't yep. know anybody that has one. So six top yep. U.S. intelligence chiefs, including the heads of the FBI, CIA, and NSA, have told Americans that they would not recommend buying products or services uh, from them. They're deeply concerned about the risks of allowing any company or entity that is beholden to foreign governments to gain positions of power inside our telecommunications network. FBI Director Chris Ray testified to the Senate Intelligence Committee, thus uh, kind of ignoring what's going on in the FCC right now, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. government has tried to block them from any U.S. government contracts and also advise private carriers and ISPs against using its telecom equipment. So I guess if uh, you're looking for a cheap Android phone, that's not the way to go. 
Yeah, I have a related story to this. In fact, just this week, I interviewed uh, a gentleman who is the CEO of a company called Refirm Labs, and their specialty is going in and reverse engineering firmware. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a product, you know, they'll go in and audit it and, and make sure there's nothing funky in the firmware. And they were given a cable TV box by, by a, you know, a major cable provider and asked to go in and see if there was anything bad in there. They went in and they found, sure enough, a hard-coded backdoor. Hmm. Uh, and this was made by Huawei, uh, you know, Chinese company. And so they went back to the cable company and said, we found this hard-coded backdoor. Uh, you know, tell, tell, tell Huawei to take it out of there. So the cable <laughs> company did, came back with the next version of the cable box, and they found, sure enough, another hard-coded Back door, it was still there. It had just been moved. So <laughs> this, I think, speaks to this notion that um, the, the 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 distinction between Huawei and the Chinese government is uh, often considered to be one without a difference. Right. Right. And they're known for um, you know trying to hide stuff, trying to get information, and you know the Chinese, of course, are known for wanting to get intellectual property, that sort of stuff. Um, and, uh, they've got a track record. So yeah, Lots of I think tomfoolery I, <laughs> and shenanigans go on over there. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess the point is that this isn't just a political thing. There's plenty of evidence that Huawei is uh, up to shenanigans when it comes to trying to hide things in devices. Yeah. That was, that was kind of my question after my article, cause it did kind of come off as mostly political, but obviously there is a, there's a rich and storied history here. Yeah. seems to be. Yeah. Well, while you guys were talking about that, instead of waiting till next week, I did a little bit of research on OSX Proton. <laughs> and I think fast. I know where it, I think I know where it came from. Our, Brian, oh. do you remember a while ago when you were talking about uh, how you were trying to get something to play and you recommended the L Media player? Yes. Yeah. When I downloaded it, I got the version <laughs> <laughs> that had the malware in it. Oh, that's so, right. I forgot. The, there was a brief period of time where yeah. they, they set out an alert saying that their installer had been had somehow been hacked. That's right. And you downloaded it right during that period of time. <laughs> say, yeah. Right. That was known as the Jason period. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently pretty much so. never buy a Mac when I do or download software right. when I do is the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, ding, 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 ding. You win. <laughs> yeah. But now I got to figure out if it's on any of my computers still <laughs> instead of just in a backup somewhere. <laughs> Because the backup right. so, is a time machine backup, and it's the antivirus is going through all the time machine backups and mm. finding it in the files in there, which I think is pretty cool. Right. So very cool. Another another plus for Synology. What does this say about Proton? What does Proton do here? I'm looking through the article right now. Uh, exfiltrates keychains and one password vaults containing user passwords and other sensitive information, as well as browser information, including login credentials. For those who use browser functionality to remember their passwords. So all in all, uh, that's not good for me because no. I do all of that. <laughs> you do all those not things. Good. Yes. <laughs> not good. It says, uh, you. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but <laughs> you will need to begin the far harder process of remediating the effects of the breach. You should assume that every password to every online account has been compromised and you should change them all. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long ago did this happen? I mean, you. This is a long well, time ago, and I haven't seen any. I think if anything happened and it tried to exfiltrate, it would probably would have been caught by Little Snitch. 
Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and that's, that was actually a question I had about. I'm glad you brought that up. I was wondering if this is, I, I meant to say, is this the kind of thing that Little Snitch would flag? I would imagine it would be. Right, because when El Media Player installed itself, I said, you know, no to anything that they wanted to call out for. So uh, hopefully that would, you know, cover it because I don't let anything do automatic software updates on their own. I have to I manually do that myself because I don't mm-hmm. want everything calling in the background. And I especially don't let them do registration and things like that. So right. hopefully Little Snitch saved my bacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't it doesn't really say here how to remove it, though. That's interesting. Well, Jason's got some homework to do. and We'll check yes, in next week. <laughs> Let's see just how just how bad is the infection? <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I yeah. you know what I'm thinking that I want to make is an account that is just a honeypot account to see if anybody mm. would log in with at some point. So then I know if somebody <laughs> ever gets my credentials or that yeah, I get an alert if something's logged into. That's not just a regular thing that would like kind of trigger. It's like uh oh, there's the canary in the coal mine that my stuff has been compromised. Right. I think that might right. be something else to work on. That yeah. Would just be, and just keep it, keep it in, you know, playing with all the other stuff. I, I, maybe that'd be a fun tool to write. Maybe I'll do that in yeah. uh, in 2020 when I have some free time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Quickly before we run, I saw uh, in the sh- in some of the comments in the show notes that uh, someone was uh, recommending privacy.com, which is the yeah. virtual burner debit card uh, yes. service. Uh, it, have you guys? Did you guys talk about that already? Have you? What are your thoughts on that? Is this a good one? It's a new one to me. We'll be talking about it shortly after this, but I reviewed it on the show a couple months ago and actually used that it right? a couple times, okay. and I recommend it. It actually works really – it does exactly what's on the tin. It is a burner for credit cards. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a really good idea, and I kept – I guess the reason I ask is that I, as I was looking through their website, I kept saying to myself, what's the catch? What's the catch? What's the catch? <laughs> because it doesn't cost you anything to do. They're making their money on the – you know, with the transaction fees. It just sort of seemed too good to be true. Right. But uh, but you've had success with it. Um, it worked great you for had me. Succe- yeah. Yeah, of course, you had success with the El Media Player app. So, you know. <laughs> well, that one was a Brian suggestion. I recommended <laughs> I privacy.com. Of course, of course. We'll blame Brian. So, of well, course, the, of course, uh, the El Media Player, to be fair, worked great for me. So Right, right. I, I did not get the app. Uh, I, I got the Sans, Sans malware. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, right, and, and on well, next week's security, we'll find out that Brian has yeah. been writing malware and, and promoting it on the show. <laughs> uh-huh. The go. week after, everybody... <laughs> and downloads it uh to be fair i've moved to a cryptocurrency mining because it's a much better model for these sorts of things yeah yeah yep all right right. gentlemen as always talk to you soon take care be safe bye (laughs) feedback loop we've got a bunch of new patreon subscribers this week which makes me very happy thank you me hillary m john s sheriff t ray z and my favorite matintosh (laughs) is <laughs> a great name. And Matt and Tosh gave us a little note. Says, you guys are the quintessence of modern... Is that quintessence or quintessence of modern tech podcasts? Keep up the great work. Well, thank you. Thank you. And Dobby Wineglass wrote us over there as well. Hey, guys, I just upped my pledge to $10 a month, which I was thinking about doing. But the thing that got to me enthusiastically to do so is the print-to-PDF thing that Brian mentioned. Holy crap, that's worth this year's support right there. Ah, thank you. The funny thing is, I tried to do that trick on a PC... Doesn't work. Really? Works great on a Mac. Does not yep. work very well on, uh, well, at least in uh, the Edge browser, it didn't work. I didn't try to cross the spectrum, but. Ah. Yeah, and I don't know if you ever know that knew this. In Opera, there's a built-in screenshot functionality. I did not. 
Yeah, so you can take little uh, annotations on the screen and send them right out. I, I use it a couple times. I just just found it this week when I was trying to do a screen cap on a <laughs> PC. It was nice. interesting. Anyway, back on track here, and we got two from PayPal. Uh, was it Breed J and Tony W? Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate that. And over at GOG.show, we had a few people write in. Uh, first off, Sheriff T, who spent a large time complaining about Patreon's UI and trying to give us money and it not working out, and then trying PayPal and then not wanting to give them a percentage. But you should just suck that up anyways, everybody, because everybody's going to take a percentage. There's no free lunch, people. Just do it. We're okay <laughs> with it. Uh, it comes out of us, not you, anyway, so don't worry about it. We'll take Mm -hmm. your money. We'll take a percentage of your money. Anyways, he says, this last week, all I listened to is your podcast. You guys are incredibly smart. Your analysis is spot on and eerily prescient. And yours is the only show that doesn't make me want to rage quit the world. I can just (laughs) shut off my brain, relax, and listen to you guys and be grumpy. Super grumpy, even. Thank you for saving my sanity during my daily commute and while I'm trying to program this blasted prototype using jQuery and handlebars.js. Damn you, handlebars. Cheers. See, see, the problem is you're too smart. If you thought like a moron, you would have breezed through all those issues. You would have had no problems with the UI and got us money lickety sweat. So, yeah, <laughs> dumb yourself down a bit. Yeah, yeah. Stop using jQuery, for God's sake. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, it was, it's actually easier than writing for yourself. But I don't know Handlebar.js. That's me either. That's uh, I got out of there. We're not in that that. game anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I think we quit just in time. Anything with JavaScript is miserable. So, yeah, I never enjoyed it. And uh, Ivor D writes in. Hi, guys. I recently saw this YouTube video of an interview with the famous historian Niall Ferguson on his new book, The Square in the Tower. This is a book that takes an historical perspective on the networks and hierarchies that make up our society. I will definitely be reading the book as soon as I have time, but I thought the theme of the book was relevant to your podcast because it deals with societal impacts of social media in very relevant historical perspective. I'm sure you and most of your listeners would be very interested in this topic and indeed your own views on the themes and ideas discussed in this interview and the book itself. Cheers, Ivor. Uh, I'm definitely going to check this out. So uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I need a new book, so this might be uh might be next up on the list, so we can actually get one and have a library segment again. Oh, I've got seventeen <laughs> books in my queue to get through. Yeah. I, I keep moving them to their holding bin every week. <laughs> yeah, like... I know. Uh let's see, J C not Jay Z wrote in. I'm a bit late to the party, but I have a bit of a hack for your soda stream. If you find that you use it a lot and want to get an edge, if you go get a 2.6 kilogram CO2 bottle from most home brew stores and an adapter lead, you can remove your dependency on costly soda stream CO2 refills. It's clearly part of their business model to be able to leverage the price as much as they want on the gas and goes on about some of the finances on that. So yeah, I've heard that you can also hack it to use um, paintball uh, cartridges. Um, oh, really? Uh, yep. Yep. So all of that. Um, the only thing is I, I'm tired. I'm overworked. I'm underpaid. I'm exhausted all the time. I don't have time for this. And uh, I'm kind of okay with their business model. They 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 sell the SodaStream machines themselves pretty cheap and they make their money on the cartridges. I'm just going to use the uh, Bed Bath & Beyond trick to save that amount of money. Plus, I don't want to hack something that involves compressed air with my kid around my house. Yeah, That's you really me. don't want to do like, <laughs> you know... A high compression system with a kid who can just, you know, knock it over and blow himself up. I'm sure yeah. it's not not, not so, that easy, but uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the problem was the, the adapter lead. You lost me at the adapter <laughs> lead because at that point, yeah. yeah. I, I, 
I don't want my house to blow up because I read the Reddit instructions incorrectly. Exactly. Or somebody left something out. That's all I'm saying. You know, because we were software. We weren't hardware. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, put a little, put a little caveat on, on what, what our skill set is. And uh, yeah, hacking hardware is definitely not in our wheelhouse. So No. I um, but I, I do love the SodaStream. I still use it all the time. And yeah, one of the first things I saw when I, when I Googled SodaStream hacks, I was more looking for like, drinks to make but the first thing that came up is here's how to make it work with you know different co2 cartridges because the soda stream ones are so pricey in comparison so thank you for that and barrett reese writes in over on twitter nearly got t-boned by an uber autonomous car that drove through a stop sign tonight on my way home from work and my <laughs> reply to this was well get hit next time it'd be a better story true yes and photos That'd be great. Definitely. Uh, Jay Lester wrote 100% on Altered Carbon. Solid sci-fi right there. Yes, yeah. it is. I'll have to watch oh, that you one. You haven't watched it yet. Yeah. No, I have I, not. So. Oh, I love that one. Is it depressing? No. Is I it Black it was... Mirror? No. Okay, good. I love that. All right. All right. I'll watch it then. Um, 6502 Chip writes in, thanks for the shout out. I'm touched and incredibly thankful. It's been five months, so we are out of the news cycle and mentions like yours really super help. And he also follows up with, the fun never ends. Water service went out yesterday at noon. Still no water. Fortunately, we have a cistern and a stash of water bottles. I suspect a power outage at water processing plant, but of course, no official word. And that's our friend uh, Gabriel Pagan, who is uh, Mm -hmm. living down in Puerto Rico. Sorry about all this, man. Hang in there, man. Hang in there. Yep. Uh, Blitzkrieg basically writes to Bittner. Uh, Dave, you're very funny this week on GOG Podcast. And he was. He was quite mm-hmm. enjoyable. I enjoy your security segment on the show and the CyberWire as well. Cheers. Well, thank you. Uh, Brian Doherty writes, looking for a clinometer for my off-roading vehicle and saw this gem. I think this one wins the the uh, Grumpy Old Geeks Podcast Award for longest Amazon title. I mean, just read the description. Big success. And I've got it right here. Uh, let's see. i got to blow this up so I can actually read it. Too bad road running the whole distance is a two-barreled inclometer, cry-mo-meter, floodlight, cigar-powered, 12-volt front, <laughs> rear, left, and right, plus-minus 40 degrees, corresponding four-wheel drive vehicle camper. And it's only got two and a half stars, so I don't know if you want to buy this one. Yeah, I would skip it. But that it is one. a great title. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And the Tim Woodruff writes in, regarding cancel your card to cancel your subscriptions, privacy.com lets you generate a new credit card number as a burner or with a limit for monthly, quarterly, or annual just pause or kill the card to ensure no more charges. Love these guys. And we covered them ages ago. Mm-hmm. And I set yep. up a couple cards with them. And I forget why I stopped using them. I think it was just uh, inconvenient at the time where I wasn't setting up new stuff. But I think when I reset up things in the future, I'm definitely going to go back and use them again. Because it was super easy to make a burner and just you know tie it to yeah. your real card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Life is Not for Sale writes this and says, thanks for the BBC Radio 4 Boring Talks recommendation, a fine addition to my podcast listening. Have also subscribed to your podcast after finally checking it out after all the Fan Mail Friday shout outs. I do see those on Friday. Thank you. So oh, I'm glad yes. people are finding us that way. Tell a friend. Yeah. Well, tell your friend about the Jordan Harbinger show because Fan Mail Friday is the other show that we're not doing anymore. But now we have Feedback Friday. So uh. just letting you know. <laughs> and we've got some iTunes reviews now. This first one comes in from Cabaret. Five stars. Tell it like it is. Being a lot older than Jason and Brian, I put myself in the grumpy old fart category. Still, I look forward to their podcasts. I like the irreverent take on things as well as the smart and informative. The banter and rhythm keep the show moving forward and I get caught up on current technology and the evils that lurk out there on the Internet. Good stuff. Well, thank All you. Right. Thank you. Yes. I uh, got another five star rating from Chicken Andrewster. 
Interesting. Get it? We all need, <laughs> yes, I do. We all need a little more skepticism in tech. As a grad student, closet geek, and wannabe tech nerd, I find myself coming back every episode to get the grumpy take on all the tech news that pops up on my RSS feeds and various other podcasts. GOG provides some much needed perspective on all the early days, disruptive, and revolutionary tech continually delivered by the Brofits of Silicon Valley. Thank I think Brofits? Brofits? Brof- uh, Brofit? Profit? Profit, profit, eh, eh, whatever, eh, whatever. I, I, I don't Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> That's <yeah. laughs> well. Thank you, Chicken Andrewster. Got you, got, got you there. Yeah, uh, OC it. Adam writes in, salty old geeks. Mondays can't come fast enough. Has that ever been said in the history of man? I think it. These guys say it. If you're bitter about the direction of the interwebs and which where it's gone, you'll feel right at home with Jason and Brian. You'll find yourself nodding in agreement about the terrible state of the app du jour, stupid UIs, and how many TV shows just aren't worth the effort. If you ever ask WTF, were they thinking about anything in tech, you'll be in good company. So thank you there, Usi Adams. Thank you. And we have a final five-star rating this week from Aussie365. Mucho bueno. Thanks, guys. Great show. Hello from Sydney, Australia. Well, thank hello, you Sydney. Very much. Thank you. If you want if your you question... Want your question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you do it. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to GOG.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash iTunes and toss us a five-star and a snarky review. And as always, pretty pleased with Sugar on Top. Tell your friends. Closing shout outs! Quick shout out for every town for gun safety, even though they occasionally stretch the truth. They're doing some good work, and if you care about this stuff, uh, take a look at them, toss them some ducats. And it is Chinese New Year, so Happy New Year. It's the year of the dog, Gung Hei Fat Choi. Jason, may our, may our wallets overfloweth with cash from the podcast this year. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the year of the dog doesn't have dogs because my dogs take all the money out of my wallet. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and thanks to everybody who wrote in and chatted with me over the past uh, two weeks about the Jordan Harbinger show. Not the other one. We we actually hit the top 200 in iTunes yesterday after two weeks. So mm-hmm. thank you for your support and keep listening. Support this show more. I want to beat them. I want Grumpy <laughs> Old Geeks to be ahead of the charts. Damn it. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give us a one-time or recurring donation, you can also go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 247. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes, or karate do no. You karate do guess so, just like grip.